Chapter Twenty Five of Stories of King Arthur and His Knights. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. Stories of King Arthur and His Knights by U. Waldo Cutler. Chapter Twenty Five How the Quest of the Holy Grail Was Begun. The dish from which our Lord Jesus Christ ate the Pascal lamb at his last supper with his disciples men call the Holy Grail. Therein also Joseph of Arimathea caught the last drops of sacred blood, and after the passion of our Lord, that gentle knight, the which took down the body off the holy cross, at that time departed from Jerusalem with a great party of his kindred, bearing the Holy Grail with them. It befell that they came first to a city that was called Saras, and at the last they crossed to Britain, and through them all the heathen people of this land were turned to the Christian faith. Ever as years went by the Holy Grail became more precious, and the possession of it ever more a sacred trust. But after a long while it was lost from the world through men's sinfulness, and only those of pure heart and life might from time to time see it. Merlin, before he was put under the stone, had foreseen that by them which should be fellows of the round table, the truth of the Holy Grail would be well known, and in the good days of King Arthur the longing grew to be worthy of the vision of this sign of the Lord's presence among men. Moreover, a holy hermit had said that, when the siege perilous was filled, the achieving of the Holy Grail should be near. After Galahad drew the sword out of the stone, the king and all estates went thoughtful home unto Camelot, and so to Evensong in the great minster. After that they went to supper, and every knight sat in his own place at the round table. Then anon they heard cracking and crying of thunder that should, as it seemed to them, shake the place all to pieces. In the midst of this blast entered a sunbeam more clear by seven times than ever they saw day, and all they were alighted of the grace of the Holy Ghost. They began every night to behold other, and either saw other by their seeming fairer than ever they looked afore. There was no knight might speak one word, and so they looked every man on his fellows as if they were dumb. Then there entered into the hall the holy grail, covered with white samite, but there was none might see it or who bear it. And there was all the hall filled full with good odours, and every knight was nourished in his soul. When the holy grail had been borne through the hall, then it departed suddenly, so that they wist not what became of it. Then had they all breath to speak, and the king yielded thankings unto God for his good grace that he had sent them. Now, said Sir Gawain, we have been richly blessed this day, but one thing beguiled us. We might not see the Holy Grail, it was so preciously covered. Wherefore I will make here a vow, that to morn, without longer abiding, I shall labour in the quest of the Holy Grail, a twelve month and a day, or more if need be, and shall not return unto the court till I have seen it more openly than it hath been seen here. And if I may not speed, I shall return again at the end of the time as he that may not be against the will of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then they of the table round heard Sir Gawain say so. The most part of them arose and made such avows as Sir Gawain had made. Anon, as King Arthur heard this, he was greatly grieved, for he wist well that they might not gainsay their avows, and he should be bereft of the fairest fellowship and the truest knighthood that ever was seen together in any realm of the world. For when they departed from hence, they should never all meet again in this world, 
and many of his true fellowship of noble knights should die in the quest. When the queen also and all the court wist these tidings, they had such sorrow and heaviness that there might no tongue tell it. Many of the ladies would have gone with the knights that they loved, had not an old man in religious clothing said on high that none in this quest should lead wife with him. Moreover, he warned the knights plainly that he that was not clean of his sins should not see the mysteries of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then they went to rest themselves, and in honour of the highness of Galahad, he was led into King Arthur's chamber, and there rested in his own bed. As soon as it was day, the king arose, for he had no rest all that night for sorrow. Then the king and the queen went unto the minster, and all the knights, armed fully save their shields and their helms, followed them to hear the service. Then after the service was done, the king would wit how many had taken the quest of the Holy Grail, and found by tale there were an hundred and fifty, all knights of the round table. Then they put on their helms, and so mounted upon their horses, and rode through the streets of Camelot, and there was weeping of rich and poor, and the king turned away and might not speak for weeping. Within a while they came to a city in a castle called Vagon. The lord of that castle was a good old man, and set open the gates, and made them all the good cheer that he might. On the morrow they were all accorded that they should ride every each from other. Then they departed with weeping and mourning cheer, and every knight took the way that him best liked. End of chapter 25